Hello, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate and inspire romanticism through passionate people doing incredible things. Hi, I am so glad I'm not sick anymore and that I can be back on the podcast. Uh, honestly, trying to record something made me sound like a demon spawn just a little bit. Uh, hi, I'm Trey. <laughs> that was a really long intro. I'm so sorry. No, yeah, and you didn't. You sounded... Um... I mean, scratchy a little bit, but definitely just um, as deep as maybe you could physically possibly get. <laughs> I really felt like I was speaking out of the basement of my, of my vocal cord. <laughs> the basement. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, and that love, those lovely tones are from my uh, excellent, excellent host of this podcast, <laughs> Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi. I am... Uh... <laughs> Currently in Alto. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emily, I am so excited to be speaking to the fantastic educator that we have on tonight, an artist, and, 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 uh, the list of the credits that she has is incredible. So would you do us the favor of uh, introducing her? Yes, I have a good one. Good. I, <laughs> I try to. <laughs> Today we're thrilled to welcome a multi-talented artist, Edelweiss Vogel onto the show. Hailing from the Philippines and now residing in the U.S., Edelweiss is an accomplished illustrator, freelance artist, and educator. Her creative journey spans diverse mediums from painting and digital media to conceptual garment design using unconventional materials to make really cool avant-garde uh, clothing, all of which uh, she seamlessly intertwines into her illustrative work as well. So join us as we delve into the vibrant career and passion for art with Edelweiss Vogel. Welcome to the podcast. Yay! Thank you, and uh, thank, thank you for having me. This is my very first um, podcast interview. Oh, well, welcome. I hope it's a positive experience for you. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you, though. Thank you. Um, kind of kicking things off, uh, I'm so excited because you're one of the first people from the Philippines that I've been able to speak with that I'm aware of. Um, and I was so intrigued by your um, biography that you have on your website, um, particularly of how creative you were as a kid. And I forget how you put it. Um, you said something about uh, finding ways to improvise art and improvise toys. <laughs> um, I have a, I have five siblings and... Um, I'm second to the eldest, so you know we uh, we share toys, and I just like to improvise them. Um, I would, I, I would get a one or two uh, dolls, and uh, for clothing, I have to you know improvise and make them, um, and that's how I got started. I just, um, I just like to improvise. I'm, I consider myself as a very spontaneous. Um, individual and um, in, in the Philippines it's you know we go outside we um, we get we make um, toys from found objects uh, I don't know how I did that but we were having fun <laughs> it sounds like it and here I was like playing with like plastic uh, figurines I would so much rather have like found object toys that sounds so cool. It's never too late, Trey. You know, you're right. <laughs> uh, 
what um what's the coolest found toy that you remember making when i was a kid i really like making a house um and inside the house well really not a house it's a box um i would use cardboard boxes and leads plastic lead and i would make uh, tables you know like small tables like miniatures yeah uh, and i would i would rearrange them into like a not really a scene but i have a little living room here and then i have a dining room here um and that's how i, I just i just love making those you know uh, like a storytelling yeah i yeah like a dollhouse you know with yes because i did not have a dollhouse and um i i guess it made me made me think of how to be innovative and really use um materials that i can find like inside my bedroom because <laughs> um, my mom won't let me um you know use the kitchen stuff so whatever i can find i would use yeah is that where your artistic journey sort of beca began with being artistic with toys then and um where did it go from there did it how did it grow for you so i also like to draw um i actually studied illustration that's my concentration but when i was a kid i i, I would love i would just draw and i remember I watched a lot of cartoons. My very first cartoons I watched was back in the 80s, and it's called Astro Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually have a toy in, in my classroom. It's 20-something uh, years old, um, Astro Boy, uh, made by Bandai. Um, and um, it, it became, I just remember be, uh, really loving that show. It was in the 80s. And... Um, and then it, it, you know it's it's a Japanese film by uh, Tezuka Osamu, um, and he was considered a grandfather of the Japanese cartoons. And being in the Philippines, it's really close to Japan. It's like three three and a half hours away from where I'm from. And so uh, part of our culture is really watching um, cartoons uh, prime time, and and I just love that. That I ended up drawing and drawing and drawing, just, just like a normal kid. I would just draw Astro Boy, and um, from Astro Boy to more uh, cartoons, whether it's Western. Uh, I remember Marvels, like the the X Men back in the nineties. Mm -hmm. um, I, I watched those. I love I love them. I love the. As a matter of fact, I really enjoy the 2D, you know, the old school halftone, not not that not 3D. I, I'm more I'm more interested in that. So that's how I got started. I would just draw uh, characters uh, because we didn't have internet back in the day. I collected trading cards. Um, I collected comic books. I'm a little bit um, nerd. I know. I love that. We are too. And that's how I got started, really, just things that I love from making those miniature um, I, inside of the house 
um, maybe like the um, not uh, maybe like an interior. Oh yeah, I'm fascinated with 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 the space, with how how every time I would like to play, I move stuff around. <laughs> so I, I really like that. And then really just my childhood. Um, it's I believe that it's. Uh, it's my extension of my childhood, what, what I'm doing now. Um, my love of art, it's, um, it was my lifestyle yeah. <laughs> that I picked up. And I really think that, um, you know, in, before I became a teacher, I, I really think that art, you know, is a talent. And, and don't get me wrong, it is a talent. And we can argue whether it's a talent or a skill. But now that I am an educator, I also t- tell my, my students, my kids, that art is a skill set that you can actually learn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what it means, what, what it means is, uh, I, have, I, I teach uh, middle school, six, seven, and eight, um, in international baccalaureate. So I, keep, I see them from sixth grade to seventh grade to eighth grade because they, ha- they are required to take fine arts, whether visual arts, theater, orchestra, band, um, chorus. And I see my sixth graders, um, sixth graders uh, learn the basic and the foundation. And when they turn into seventh grade, I see the skills, I see their progress. And so, and so now, and then when they turn to eighth grade and I get to keep them for one year, um, I, I see more, more progress. I see more... Um, you know, when they become mature, uh, their uh, skill also gets gets better over time. So, so now, you know, because now I, I tell myself, oh, it's not just a talent; it's also a skill. And a skill you can actually develop. You can learn how to draw if you want. You can learn how to paint if you want. And then from there, you take it. You take it along with you. And that's something I've had to learn, too. I think a lot of us do. Um, And that applies to many, I think, many different art forms. I used to think that there was a girl I used to work with who was way younger than me. And she was just brilliant at drawing. It was remarkable. Um, And I was always so impressed with her work. I thought, gosh, if you were just born with this amazing talent to draw. (laughs) And I asked her once, you know, how did you how did you get this good? Cause you're, I didn't want to call her, you know, I didn't want to make her feel bad, but I, I, you know, it was like, you're just so young. How are you this good? And, um, she was like, that's all I've been doing like my whole life. So she was like, you can, you can do it too. And I was like, I don't know about that, but I do, <laughs> I do believe it. You know, it's like Trey can probably attest to that with singing. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a while it with any with any skill with any craft that you do it takes a while and sometimes we want to be at the finished product line and what we don't always get to see is the the pitfalls and we don't always get to see like some of the struggles behind that all we kind of really focus on is like oh you you can sing really well you can draw really well um so it takes time so give your spell get Give yourself, give yourself the space to grow and develop. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about, 
build those skill sets up incrementally until you get where you want to go. That is that that is so true. Um, I, I see it. I see it because I teach middle school. I see my sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, and when they when they reach the A's, even even for seven, like the next year, I know they're gonna be better. Um, it, it's amazing. And have you heard of ten thousand bad drawings? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we draw a lot. For uh, you, I used to draw a lot, um, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. So. So yes, just practice. You can do it. You know, if you want to learn how to draw uh, realistically, uh, you can start with. Um, if you if you think you're not good in drawing, um, just forget about that. You can start with gesture drawing. Um, it's really and and uh, they said drawing is fifty percent skills, fifty percent observation. Uh, it's really about observation. When you learn how to see. Then you will you'll be able you'll be able to transfer it because it's really you know how lights behave, um, what you know if you uh, simple shape. Um, that's the art teacher, right? <laughs> remember, the, remember, simple shape. Don't look at the whole the whole um, picture. Uh, don't look at don't look at uh, the whole image because it's complicated. Find a simple, uh, simple shape. Start from there, and 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 along the way, you can. There's perspective. Um, there's shading technique. How you use the pencil. How you apply the uh, control, pressure control. Um, you know, you can um, you can learn those things and be good at it. I could tell she's an art teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good advice. I mean. You could always start with Astro Boy and yes. work your way from there. Um, Dragon Ball Z. I, ha I still have the uh, the DVD. Um, uh, six season. <laughs> I, I love watching. I still do. I watch. I still watch cartoons if I have um, uh, spare time. Um, just just love them. You know, it's made for. Even though, even like children's book, it's they're they're made for, for any age, you know, for adults even. I have a whole thing I of uh, anime right behind me. Um, it's from one of my favorite series, Card Capture Sakura. Um, yeah, I'm un un. Uh, I can't even think of the word. Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one po speaking of nerds, I too am a nerd and. I got really excited because I think I saw a face. Forgive me if I'm wrong and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I want to say maybe more than a year ago now, you had a Facebook post that was, you had done a drawing from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I loved that so much. I remember it because it was something that stuck with me because I thought it was the one thing that w I was so impressed with because I was like, wow, that's really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... That's probably Daenerys or Jon uh, uh, Snow. Oh, maybe it was uh, Game of Thrones, right? Okay. Yes, Game of Thrones. Um, I I would just draw Star Wars characters. I love Star Wars. Um, any anything, basically anything that I like, I will just I will just draw. Um, I will create something. It's uh, it's more of a um, 
it's more of a lifestyle to me, like art, whether it's I'm making a sandcastle, <laughs> I'm uh, cooking, um, I'm sculpting, I'm making a dress, speaking of a dress. Um, my, my grandmother was a seamstress for uh, oh. one of the designers in the Philippines. And I actually watch her make um, dresses. And that's also, I, I, I picked that. I, she didn't teach me, but I just watched her. And I don't know, I, um, as an artist, I really, I really like to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. Oh, I want to learn that. Then, then do it. Learn it, and then you know, just practice. Then you can uh, develop a skill, um, and you know, before you know it, you're gonna be good at it. And that's that's what I tell my student. You don't have to be you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. It oh, that's good. Somebody quote that, please. <laughs> They always stop every time I say that because you know you they're middle schooler. They they look at you sometimes. They're like, "What? I have to do that?" Yes, but don't worry. Remember, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. <laughs> and they would clap. <laughs> and I have a student one time. They she even wrote it down and she told the other teachers. So the other teachers told me, "Miss Vogel, your your class one your your students." Uh, told us about the code that you said. I said, "Oh no, that's not that wasn't mine." Yeah, but you you know you, you said it to the class, and they were very inspired. I said, "Oh, thank you." It's a good one. I love it. Um, uh, go ahead. We do have a we do have a question here. Um, if you could travel anywhere to get inspiration, where would you go? Oh wow! Um, I really maybe, maybe I would go back to the Philippines because, you know, I left when I was 18 and, and, and I, I feel like I, I know more about Western art than, than Filipino art. And so I would really like to get to know more about uh, about a different ethnicity or group within the Philippines because we have so many. Um, I also uh, noticing that I, with that, because um, now I like to incorporate my Filipino heritage, whether it's in clothing, whether it's in uh, my illustration, um, my my um, any type of art. I I now go back and 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 learn more, and and I, I think I like that. Yeah, your recent image that is on the Pop Street Gallery, like you have billboards and your your art is all over Charlotte, North Carolina right now. Um, tell us about that piece that ended up everywhere and what that means to you. Oh, okay, so there is an organization called Art Pop Street Gallery, okay. um, and they, it is a nonprofit, five hundred one c three. They help promote artists. Um, so they, every year they would uh, do a uh, call for artists. Uh, so if you're an artist, you can submit your artwork with um, an artist statement, um, but you have to make it um, up to a specific size for billboard. And with me being an illustrator, I drew a vector-based uh, vector drawing 
Um, so it's a digital digital drawing that you can scale up to a billboard size. And so what I did was I I have a I have an old project in college that I um, hand woven. Um, so I use that. It's a headpiece um, that is traditional a traditional headpiece from one of the group in the Philippines. So I I put that. Um, I use that and uh, I put it in, uh, as a head head uh, head uh, piece for a family member, and I took a photo. I I drew it and I submitted the uh, the artwork to Art Pop. Uh, I submitted that a day before it was due or the same day it was due, and I um, I. I am so blessed that I won the 2022 Art Pop. I'm one of the uh, uh, winners for the 2022 Art Pop um, art. And they made, so if you win, they'll put your billboard all over Charlotte or surrounding areas. Um, they also contacted an advertising company in the Philippines oh. and Artwork was actually featured there in along Edsa. It's um, it's a it's in Manila, uh, five billboards. So I was very very happy. Wow, <laughs> that's so exciting! Congratulations, and we're, I'm so proud of you. That's so amazing. Thank you. I wasn't um, you know I, I I've heard that a lot of. Uh, you know, artists applied. Uh, when I applied, there were almost 200 um, artists also with different backgrounds mm -hmm. from you know, painting to photography to illustration. By the way, I have my, my mini billboard here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad you can show that. Oh, that's so yeah, this cool. Is what so for our listening audience, she's holding up like a, can you hold that up one more time? Um, it's like a miniature billboard version of her art on the Art Pop Street Gallery. And you can see that too on artpopstreetgallery.com. Um, very cool. That's Thank you. so cool. That's like the coolest kind of trophy thing. To, that's neat. This little billboard. I love it. Um, so they, they, so it's a, it's an actual billboard um, off on they move it. They moved it twice. Often um, I seventy seven, exit eighteen by North Lake. Mm -hmm. uh, it was for a couple months, and then they move it to um, the Speedway Boulevard, Tryon. Okay, in yeah, the, in that, that area, and um, it's by NASCAR. Uh, yes, and they so they took it. Actually, it was up for one year, uh, and then they took it down. And uh, they gave it to me this year, and I turned it into a, a wearable uh, clothes for the upcycled uh, fashion show. It's an annual fundraising event of uh, Pop Art, Art Pop Street Gallery. Okay, wow. So it's been art and is continually art in another form. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, I, I like the idea that I can turn a two-dimensional two piece, which mm -hmm. is the vinyl billboard, into a three-dimensional wearable art. So I, li I like that idea. So um, 
um, so I made I made a dress. Um, it's a commission project, and it is now in I forgot the name of the building, um, but it's the same building as the um, lending lending tree corporate headquarters. Okay. So it's at the lobby, so you'll see the dress. The dress. Um, it is available if you go to our Pop Street Gallery or my IG, you'll see the dress. It's inspired by um, Filipino um, traditional clothing with a, a butterfly sleeve. And I actually, it's, it was, it's an ensemble. I made a hat uh, or headgear um, that, uh, that, that is used in... Uh, farming to put you know it's, it's really a head protector but i made it into like more of a uh, glamorous um, glamorous head covering by putting um, beads and fringe and you won't you know you won't think about that that's what farmers and fishermen uh, wear <laughs> okay it is um it is beautiful and you do beautiful work you've done beautiful work with your recycled designs and what a cool thing to recycle but your own art i love that i don't know why i never thought of that before i this that's so great i'm so thrilled that that's what you did thank you i'm it i, I get more excitement when it's challenging yeah <laughs> it's the material is it's not fabric it's really um it, it's uh it's a it's vinyl, so it's it's okay. it's heavy. You can you can't really create a, a drapery. You can't really do that effect. I mean, I guess you can, but you have to uh, treat the fabric, uh, the vinyl with um, I, um, with uh, you know maybe a solution or yeah. Um, it would be very stiff. So yes. yeah, um, I found out that if you. I actually had to cut them. <laughs> I cut them into smaller pieces. And then, uh, well, first I made a, pat a pattern and then I cut them. So I don't waste the other um, vinyl billboard. And I actually wash them like a hand wash. <laughs> and I hang them <laughs> and dry them outside. And the, the vinyl actually, uh, it was, I, I saw a lot of... Um, wrinkled but after soaking it soaking it with water and drying it outside um it it became a little bit softer and then the wrinkle actually uh, disappeared oh that's disappeared. good so i learned I, I was very happy that i um i'm seeing those yeah i'm I'm learning that oh, if you do this, if you heat it up, maybe use some blow. I also tried the blow dryer as well. <laughs> Hot water really works. Yeah. Was it hard? I like that. I. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Just the um, hot water from your sink. Okay. Was it hard to sew through? Um, not really. Uh, most of it I did uh, by hand stitching. Okay. Oh my. I'm sorry. It's narrow um, area. Yeah i I don't like hand sewing. That is like like that is my one weakness is hand sewing. Oh, can I tell you that in the Philippines, um, the reason why people think, uh, oh, you're good in sewing, you're uh, you're good in make, it's because of this. 
in the Philippines, fifth grade, we learn, they, they teach us how to sew. Okay. And they teach us how to weave, how to crochet. My brother can crochet. Fifth grade. Um, we also did agriculture. Um, I think they did that because, um, or, or we're doing it. I, I, I'm hoping we're still doing it. Because um, when I was there as a student, um, we, we were taught sewing, cooking, um, even agriculture. Um, it, it's because by the time you're in high school or not not everybody can go to college so that can be your trade because in the philippines mm-hmm. there's a lot of factories over there they make uh, everything there um um victoria secret <laughs> made oh, from the yeah. Philippines. um trying to think um yeah um banana republic uh, okay those- yeah. that's a yeah i could see where uh, and honestly, I think we should do that here still. I mean, we maybe not fifth grade, but I remember we had home ec in different classes to learn that oh, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, sewing, I I really remember sewing in when I was in fifth grade, but freshmen, we were using sewing machine by the time we were freshmen. But fifth grade, sixth grade, it was hand sewing. It was just really simple, you know, you can... Um, so, um, just, uh, repair your clothes yeah. instead of throwing it or, right. you know, buying a new one. There's so many like fun videos of people doing different things of patching up holes on sweaters and then doing these like intricate embroidery designs with it just to like help keep it intact. And then you make something completely brand new with it. Mm-hmm. And Right. I'm so I am so awestruck by some of the things that I see. Um, it's it's just incredible. You've done really cool work. Well, in the any of your I guess recycled designs. What other materials have you used then? Um, I use a. In the past, I have used bamboo leaves and um, bamboo sticks. I did that. I also use uh, soda tabs, um, paper, a bunch of papers. Um, right now, I'm actually working. Um, I'm, I'm using an actual fabric. Uh, there is a sh- uh, family event at the North Carolina Museum of Art. Um, it's the um, special exhibition, the Dutch, the Golden Dutch. Um, golden age of the Dutch exhibit um, and they are going to have a family event this coming Saturday and I'm actually going to be there. I, I am the um, um, art, teaching artist for the workshop. Okay. I'm also the artist in residence for the uh, North Carolina Museum of Art um, Artist Innovation, Innovation Program. And awesome. so I'll be there Saturday. I made a um, clothing from the Dutch era. This time, it's a real fabric. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, um, I'm gonna be there. So, is that uh, something that's open to the public, or? Um, it is. It is okay. So, if you're in the Charlotte area, you can. Uh, Raleigh. Sorry, it's oh, in Raleigh. Raleigh. I'm sorry, Raleigh. 
It's called North Carolina Museum of Arts. Okay. And you can see Edelweiss's piece in person. It's not recycled. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. It's not made from uh, recycled materials. Still, uh, that's that I made. Still neat. Still art. Yes. In terms of like looking at your own art and your own sources of inspiration, uh, you have created many different types of um, what have been described as like avant-garde dresses. And I've heard that term used in a variety of different ways. How would you describe um, avant-garde? Oh, um, well, I know it's a French word um, and it's forward thinking. And in art history, there was also a movement. Um, uh, avant-garde is, for me, it's very, here's, a, here's the Baroque period. <laughs> And then here's avant-garde. <laughs> it's like a mashup of everything. So pretty much um, something that is innovative, uh, something that's probably new. Um, avant-garde is maybe something that it's kind of hard to say that no one has thought about. Um, but because, well, also, I'm just gonna insert this. Um, one of my professors also told me in the past, if they say, if you, if they say, oh, it's out there already, I've seen it. Um, um, they told me that this is what you tell them. You tell them, no, it's not out there yet because you haven't seen mine yet. That's the answer. So um, I, I, I like that, uh, you know, mentality. So. Um, so to me, that's kind of avant-garde. Uh, your I, the ideas that are not out there yet, even though you may think everything is out there yet, out, out there already, right? Does hmm. that make sense? So it's the it's it's a forward thinking. It's um, for example, um, making a dress made from bamboo leaves, which is hard, by the way. But then, but then you're like, how are you, how in the world am I going to make a dress out of bamboo leaves? So, well, first I have to collect them and then I have to know where I can find them and then how to put them together and how is it going to react with, uh, with glue or uh, needle? Is it going to break? Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit about the process and... Um, I don't want to use the word unique. Maybe spontaneous. And innovative. Innovative, yes. You're yeah. just very intuitive. You don't think about it. You just, uh, art is also very intuitive. It just, it comes to you. One thing that makes yours different though, because we've seen in the world many different avant-garde garments and uh, different and interesting pieces, but not many of them are actually wearable to be able to walk down a runway or for someone to actually be able to put it on their body and feel comfortable being able to walk in it and be photographed in it. So that's one thing that sets what you've done apart. So oh. you go through a process too that is not just creating a garment that is out of something interesting and 
of an interesting design and concept, but it also has to fit a human being. Correct. Don't forget that there's a person inside the dress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what my grandma was <laughs> You know, the mannequin is not a real person. Right. <laughs> Doesn't move. So, so I I will try it first. Like, can I move? Please? Right. Um, so I, I always think about that, um, but. Um, it's. Um, I, I also like to think of what what are people going to make? Um, because if they're going to make that, then I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> you know, um, I I have a, I have a group of students who are re getting ready to compete to Scholastics. Um, I, we've never won before, so I'm hoping we will win this year. Um, we did. We received the uh, third um, third place in Western Regional, but not. We didn't make it to the state. Like my first year of teaching, mm -hmm. um, but so they gave us prompt, and we had to follow the prompt, the theme, um, and and uh, not now uh, this year it has a a poem poetry that we have to read and you know and interpret and we make the art uh, from 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 that uh, poetry and I asked the stu my students to read it what do you think about it and um, first thing they do is they go online and uh, and and it's fine and and they said oh this is the idea because this is what this is what it means online and I said okay so. The question is, how are you going to be different from them? Because the other contestant, this is what they're going to be doing, okay? Because this is what you guys just did. So now I want you to think of what are you going to do differently? Uh, you know, you can still use the same, you know, same idea, but, you know, if it's a fruit, then, you know, what, what are they going to be making? Right. Is it something very familiar? How about, you know, uh, create something maybe not familiar, um, but uh, relate to the, uh, the, uh, the uh, theme mm -hmm. or the prompt. I don't know. I like the, uh, I don't, I always like to be, be a little bit different. And um, again, it goes back with my, my childhood. Uh, we used to in in our school in the Philippines. We used to dance. Uh, they teach us, you know, the traditional dances in the Philippines, and uh, you have to, of course, you have to wear traditional dresses. And um, I remember going to a fabric store, and my my dress instead of a floral uh, red and pink or yellow bright colors, mine would be like a plaid black and white totally different and I think I've always I've always liked that and my my aunt my aunt because my grandmother uh, she was older during the time so I would call my aunt I I didn't want to buy ready-made traditional Filipino dress I would call her I need I need your help auntie I need you know I we're performing the whole school is performing and I need to wear this Filipino dress um, and so uh, she would come to our house uh, with her sewing machine, or my grandma's sewing machine, which we inherited. Uh, it's the, the old school sewing, ma sewing machine. <laughs> um, Love it. So I used to 
with that. And uh, and I remember going to the market and just getting a fabric, but my fabric would be a total opposite. And that's what I do. I do the total opposite. I love I it. So unique. You do the total opposite and there. <laughs> Simple, right? You want to be unique? Do the opposite. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, don't don't copy. Be yes, true, be true exactly. to yourself, right? Right, and then so just I'm just picturing it. I didn't have any photographs, but I I can just imagine. You know, they were dancing with flowers, <laughs> all pink and yellow, and red and bright green. And then I have this this one girl who's <laughs> like plaid and black and white. <laughs> Like, you know, and then there, I, I'm different. <laughs> but I did that. I did that. That takes some courage to do, though. I feel like there, at least, like I've always, there are things I've always wanted to be different. Hey, it's Trey here from the Modern Romantic Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you so, so much for listening. Wherever you are listening from, it really means the world to us. Emily and I started this podcast to share inspiring stories and celebrate the many forms that art can take. Having you here along for the ride as we continue that mission really inspires us to keep going. We are constantly blown away by every single listen. So we really mean it. Thank you. Okay, now get back to the interview. This one's good. you know, doing something like that. I want to be different. But also that calls some attention to yourself that some people try to avoid. Did you have a hard time with that too? Or did you just not care? No, I just didn't. I guess I just didn't care. Um, I I just remember I in the Philippines, we would, my, my whole, my secondary school, we had to wear uniforms. And uh, wearing a what we call civilian outfit, not not uniform, anything about but uniform, is almost like a um, kind of like a special treat for a uh, middle school or elementary student. So um, um, I hated going to school, or not hated. I did not like going to uh, school with a with a different with a special function, not wearing a uniform, and you know, seeing another schoolmate wearing the same clothes i i was i did not like that at yeah. all so that's kind of like my thing like she's wearing the same right <laughs> she's, wearing the same, she's wearing the same dress i'm wearing maybe because i grew up with my grandparents making us clothes and it's just you know and me picking fabric that are <laughs> <laughs> so different and not really unique, just different, I guess. Turned into a you know different person, but I know I'm 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 always. I guess that's a good thing about. I guess it's I guess it's a good thing about me. Uh, I, I I carry that. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Bold, I guess um, I don't do it nowadays, by the way. Um, but I, I also remember there was a school pageant. In in our, in, there there was a school pageant, and you have to. It's a United Nation, Miss United Nation, okay. right? And you have to represent a county. And I remember my my mom told me, you, 
don't join because I, my mom said, no, if you're going to join, I have to tell you, um, you're, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. You have to provide your costume, your, I don't know, your dance number, your talent show. And me being the second to the eldest and I have small or um, younger siblings, my, my parents really focus on them. Um, so I told her, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the costume. <laughs> I, I was very, um, I was just very um, optimistic. And um, uh, I, I said, don't, don't worry about it. I, I can make, I was 13. And I, I made my own costume in a pageant. I, don't I what they look That's like? Incredible. I, I turn around and I see the the kid, the students. They have their parents with them. They have this elaborate costume, really nice gown. And, and my gown, I just made it. You know, I just made my gown. Um, to be fair, I won first runner up, and I also won oh. this talent. I I dance. It was I was Miss Egypt. So. Uh, and this was before internet. So I was reading books, you know, like, what's the Egyptian costume? Okay. That's amazing. That's... I have foil, like golden foil, you know. I... <laughs> it was probably bad because I was 13. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't I... care. <laughs> I guess that's a really good, uh, you know, tip or a mentality if you want to be an artist. Just don't worry about them. <laughs> yeah no that's good advice in general for, for you're art. so conscious same thing with drawing students are so conscious my first practice is actually blind contour it's a really great practice where you don't look at your paper you put a hole on your paper with a pencil like this okay you put your hand, you cover your hand basically and you look at your subject and you just draw and it's a good exercise for your mind and hand or body coordination. Because, you know, we're so conscious of what our drawing is going to look like because we're always looking. Yeah. So why not just don't look? Just look at the, look at the shape. Look, every, look at every details, every lines, every curve. And, and then, yeah, so it's a good practice. Wow. I like that. That's good advice. It's a really good, uh, fun, uh, really fun uh, activity. Uh, blind, blind drawing. It's not new. It's not a new technique. It's an it's an old technique that artists would be doing to uh, to really help them, you know. And um, another one is you do an upside upside down drawing. Picasso did that where you, you turn the image that. upside. Yeah. Because once again, we're very conscious, you know, and it's a, it's a human nature. We're really conscious of what it's going to look like at the end. Right. Well, how about the process? Process is just as important as the final product. So, I remember being in art class. Um, I did art one with uh, Miss French and Miss French. If you're listening, hi. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, she was such an incredible art teacher. Um, in the way that she would like, in the way that she just kind of very much like you loved the concept of learning. You want to learn about this? Great. Let's do it. Uh, let's find a way to do it. And I remember talking to her when I got into my junior year and I was looking ahead to what I wanted my concentration for 
um, for the International Baccalaureate Program to be. Um, and she was willing to work with me um, as like to do case studies in art for me to be able to move up and do the the senior level art four or five, whatever we had at the time. But for me to use that time, not as to say I'm a professional artist, but to use that time to learn how to grow that skill set. And I remember looking at things like um, Impressionism, and we did this, we did an, uh, a study of aquatic animals that we had to shade using just dots of black ink. And we had to like shade the entire animal doing that that entire thing and i chose like an angelfish um it was just she was such a, a such an cool person for how she taught art and so hearing you talk about these things and uh the way that you describe uh different activities it's it takes me back to a very fond place so i really appreciate that oh it's really um, it's amazing to you know get to I get to work with with kids because um, I I just see myself with them. You know, this is how I was when I was a kid, uh, just uh, learning and really you just you just develop. You know, just like your uh, sports, the same thing. You want to be good at uh, you know good in basketball. Well, you have you have to practice. You know. Want to be good in singing? Well, like you, you need to start practicing now. <laughs> Same thing with art. It's really um, I, I tell them if you give me five minutes to draw, I'll give you five minutes drawing because I have students who always, you know, who always tell me uh, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> and I said, um, okay, well, you know, I don't grade based on how good you can draw. I grade based on your effort. If you give me five minutes. Uh, of drawing time, I'll give you my five-minute drawing. You give me one-hour drawing, I'll give you a one-hour drawing. So it's really the time and effort. And that's that's the kind of teaching that I that I latch onto and appreciate personally um, is that level of dedication and that mentality shift of like it's not the quickness of that; it's the level of effort that you put into something. Um, and that's what I'm so happy to see you put into your kids or to teach to your kids. And I hope that many of them are listening right now to that um, and really take that to heart. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, 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 this is my third year of teaching. I'm actually a new teacher. I, I was working prior to teaching uh, I was working as a patent illustrator, um, and then I had to go back to school, um, get my graduate certificate, mm -hmm. and here comes pandemic. But I, I still, I did my student teaching during pandemic, and I finished it. So awesome! Um, I do want to ask, how has um, being an educator impacted you as an artist? Um, I have to say that I, first of all, I really enjoy teaching. Um, it's, I don't, I don't feel like I'm working, um, unless I'm grading, <laughs> but, <laughs> when, 
when I when I right because we're still required um, or giving quiz, you know, giving tests. Uh, but I I I learned from them. You know, you you would think that I. I, I know how to do paint. I know how to paint. You would think I know how to draw, but I, I really learned. I, I still learn from them. And I, I like that. I like that I'm growing. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm a better artist now uh, because I am teaching. I now work with ceramic. I've done ceramic maybe Ooh. one class when I was an undergrad student. Uh, and that that was it. But now I get to fire the clay. You know, I get to I I take care of that. I order the clay. I <laughs> I organize my stuff. I have to make sure everything is coordinated. I'm doing. We're doing an exhibit. Um, we're competing in a show. So it made me. Um, I it made me a, a you know, it made me it made me more. It made me a better artist. I'm, I'm trying to choose a correct word. Um, it made me a better artist. I think it's because because of of the students, um, because I see their dedication, I, their ideas. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> are you sure you want to do that? But you, you you know you go along. Are you sure? Are you really sure? But then you think about it. Oh, what if? Right? And because because as an adult. Sometimes if there's, you know, you have a set of rules, so you're kind of, you're kind of, you know, controlled. But then when you, with them, it's like free spirit. Oh, no, Miss Vogel, I want to do this. <laughs> uh, and then there's there's more, there's more to that, you know. It's, it's not just teaching the middle schooler. I get, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not just the fun of it. It's really interacting with them. They are. Uh, their ideas um, are, are limitless. You know, you think like a kid. You know, Pablo. You know, um, Pablo Picasso also made a quote, and he also said how it's it's hard to to draw like a like if I were to draw when I was a kid, if I have to force myself to draw as a kid. Now I'm kind of like, well, I don't know how to do that. Right, because because our brain now is, is wired to you know because we we learn we know the specific things, so to undo those it's really hard, and with them um, not setting a rule you know you're you're kind of there's there's no um, there's no pressure you can just really um, experiment and I like how students experiment, mm -hmm. and now it's making me more you know more um experiment more as well um, that's awesome i feel like we could all use a little bit more childlike mind yes artistic endeavors because the, right? the sky's the limit to a kid they don't think in those limitations and in those rules like you said mm -hmm. so i i feel like as adults we could use a little bit more of that and I think it's awesome that you get to experience that in like your everyday life being around kids right 
um, it's just uh, I really didn't plan to become an educator. Yeah. <laughs> like what I said, I'm very spontaneous. So, oh my God. And I, I mentored a lot of students in the past. So I just thought, what if, uh, what if I become a teacher? Uh, you know, art teacher, of course. Uh, but, and I said, I think I'll be good at it. <laughs> and so I'm really, really enjoying my, my, uh, my vocation. Education. I have friends in the past when I told when I told them that um, I, I'm going back to school because I wanted to become a teacher. Uh, I have friends who told me, "No, be, become a teacher when you're when you retire, when you're when you when you're older." And I said, "Well, I that's not a good idea. How am I going to have energy or magic?" <laughs> told me it's when you're about to retire, and I said, um, "No, I think I want to do it now." <laughs> You know, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, I'm just excited of uh, everyday, everyday lessons. Uh, I'm, I'm learning more, like what I said. Now that I'm an educator, I'm more, I had to uh, make sure I know what I'm talking about, first of all, right? Because they question you. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> they do, like, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, so... I student, uh, sorry, I substitute taught for four months, and every time I got to middle school, oh, that is the truth. They will question <laughs> you on everything. Um, but we have Wendy from Facebook who says, your students are lucky to have you, and vice versa. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm just... It's it's an honor to you know become an educator. Um, I really think um, it's it's important to 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 teach art, you know, because it's I, I when I first before my student teaching actually I didn't know that um, art is is a um, not a core class. Um, Enhancement. I was thinking of a word, enhancement, mm -hmm. because because I just didn't think it's going to be an enhancement. So I said, "Oh, what do you mean enhancement? Oh, you know, they're going. They have a core classes, and your the art is going to be um, uh, a short week, and um, that's when I student taught. Uh, I think it was nine weeks, nine weeks, and then you don't see them every day, and you don't see them every day. And I said, oh, really? Yeah, so I, because when, you know, before I, before I became a teacher, I was creating patent. Um, you know, I was protecting intellectual property by drawing. So, uh, so I really, ha I really think of art as a, as a very important um, class that, students should take because you know it's they need that especially with the digital age um uh this day and day this day and age and um you know it's just instant gratification yeah it yeah. is that's true and another comment from our chat is that art is essential to life yes correct percent mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's just I wish that all school would require art as a core class because you can talk about 
you can have an interdisciplinary unit with a science teacher, a math teacher. You know, I hope they really see that um, because we see we learn things from the past through art. You know, the painting, the, the uh, photograph, even before photographs. Before we learn how to write, we were drawing. Yep. Yeah. Well, and we're visual as well as right. a human being. And a lot of art is also science. Um, I had this really cool experience over the weekend where I was at a pop-up shop and I, um, I was selling some of my glass fusion pieces. And one of the things that I was selling were these little glass pen, well, it's necklaces, but these glass pendants. And there was a little girl that came up to my table and she fell in love with one of them and her mother was going to buy it for her. And the, uh, the glass in it was something that I had done. So it wasn't just glass. Um, I had taken copper oxide and put it in with the glass. What copper oxide does in glass is that it turns blue and it creates bubbles on purpose. So you can take clear glass and put copper oxide in it. And when you fire it, I think it was 1450 degrees or something that I used. When you fire it that hot, it turns blue and gets bubbles without having to add pigment or anything else. And it's really neat looking. And so this piece happened to have that in it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to use this moment to tell the little girl about how this is art and science. And I told her about how I made it because I thought that will make it more special to her because it made it more special to me. And she said when she, um, after she bought it, she went up to one of her other family members at this art fair and ran up and she said, look what I got. Look what I got. It's art and science. And then she told them all about what I had told her. And I thought that was so cool. So yeah, I loved that moment. <laughs> um, wow. Amazing. So you're now doing, um, uh, glass war some yeah i'm new to that i'm making some um glass fusion specifically i've done gla stained glass in the past but um i don't love this oh i'm sorry that's that's very interesting i've always wanted to do that it's so fun it's so right. fun it take i feel like it takes a lot less patience than stained glass um maybe i'm wrong but i feel that for me like it's it takes less time maybe maybe i don't know maybe it doesn't but anyway i just feel like it's it's more my speed but it uh it's it's so fun you should try it i recommend it for anybody and i actually own one of her pieces uh yeah. and i didn't so i bid on it and i won it so i now own a, an emily uh, kramer original it was part of an art auction i didn't expect him to get it <laughs> amazing yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So I do that in photography now. Um, Edelweiss and I know each other through um, making recycled designs together at for fashion shows through, it was Upper Carolina, I think is how we met. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um just um, I, I was just thinking about it the the show we did together with uh, with other artists as well in, in Charlotte um, 
that was in that was in 2017 I believe was it the paper dreams one there was the paper dreams one at the mint museum we were together um that's the uh the the other one not the mint museum the Beckler museum I think oh maybe that was it yes you're probably right I probably messed that up. It's on the opposite side of the street or something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, sorry. Um, and then Charlotte Fashion Week. Yes. Did you do Charlotte Fashion Week? Yes, I, did that. I did about two, three shows with them, two or three shows. Um, I got into that because I was a student during that time. And, um, I uh, I picked up a I don't remember, but I contacted uh, Flavia. She's one of uh, one of the designers, and uh, oh no, somebody told me about her, and she also lived in the same area where I live. And so I just contacted her, and I said, "Oh, I've heard you're going to um, I've, I've heard you're going to be uh, designing for Charlotte Fashion Week." This was in 2010, oh. and. Uh, Yes, um, and I said, "Oh, my name is such and such. My name is Edelweiss. I I am uh, an art student getting ready to graduate. Uh, please let me know if you need a uh, uh, you know like an apprentice or an assistant. I can help you with sewing or cutting or anything. And um, and that's how I I got to uh, got I I got involved with uh, Charlotte Fashion Week. And then, so I helped her, and then the next year, I, I was able to make my own piece for the show. But Were you the one that did the, <laughs> was that the bamboo one that you did? That Did it have a parasol? Yes, the parasol that has no, so it's parasol with no culver. <laughs> but that was you. I remember that piece. Yeah. yeah. I remember that because I, I don't think I really knew you then, but I remember that dress yeah. and I remember being so impressed by it but you like won that year didn't you yeah yeah that it's was the best I'm yeah I I was I admit because I um I'm, I'm a little competitive I was disappointed that I won but I loved that yours won to be honest it was really a nice one and uh, I have a great appreciation for it also that was so much work Yes, uh, <laughs> I I like to make a, a design, and then at the end, it's a uh, it's a little bit, or maybe a total totally different. But uh, that's how I always in the process. It's just like um, you know a learning experience, and it just changed over time. And also that that time, um, I when I was in college at UNC Charlotte, I. I submitted a proposal to my um, one, my professors. I wanted to have a, um, I wanted to have a an inter um, cross disciplinary. So I made my own course, um, wow. and so that's that's one of my course. Um, I I was studying um, Art Deco. Okay. Um, so I, I said, "Ooh, what if I make a dress?" So I uh, it was part of my project too at the same time that's awesome um, yeah that was a really cool one and that was like because that would that have been 
2011 or 2012, right in there? Okay. I think that was the same year I started doing recycled designs too, because that first year I made a dress that was all plastic that was repurposed from the fashion industry because there's a huge amount of waste in the fashion industry for, and it was plastic from a major co company and um, that they put over their clothes to ship them. And so I reused a bunch of that plastic. So it was kind of a Marie Antoinette style dress, very large. Um, it was, yeah, it was extremely large and I made it light up and the model had a little switch in her pocket to turn the lights on, but the runway lights were so bright <laughs> that you couldn't see. <laughs> so she turned the switch on and you almost couldn't tell it lit up at all, but no, it was fun to, to make. Yeah, I have to check that. I, I was so tired. I wasn't, uh, I didn't really watch. I was just at the back. Um, sure. Yeah. Hungry and thirsty. <laughs> you know how it goes at the backstage, right? So, um, so yes, the, uh, the model was wearing a 15 pound headpiece. And wow. so, uh, I was, I, I was helping her taking it out, putting it back on. He's like, are we going? Because oh, she's tired. I'm tired. <laughs> It's, you know, that's yeah. weird that people don't, people probably don't know that, but fashion show events afterward, I, it's like, I've never been so tired in my life. What? I don't, yeah. What is that? I don't even know. It, it's, I was exhausted. I said, I'm, I was hungry. I was thirsty. <laughs> I didn't know what's going on. <laughs> I was just at the back. Right. Time. <laughs> don't know why i didn't see the show you know so i also i don't know i feel like every time i do it i i, I didn't i wasn't really having fun because for me i really want to see others work you know and i don't think i i got to see it when or for the most part when i'm one of the designer i'll just get, get stuck at the back you know yes yeah, it's, it's not the same as being able to be up front what were you gonna you know, say trey Oh, uh, just that I, I remember you talking about some of those fashion shows and just coming back and just being like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm so tired. And you would uh, anyway, long story short. Yes, uh, you would talk about those fashion shows with the most delight of, oh, my God, getting to see this run down the uh, run. Right. But also my feet are killing me. <laughs> I want to soak them in Epsom salt. <laughs> We'd go to Waffle House afterward and it'd be like I was falling asleep eating my food because it was so, I don't, there's something about it. I don't know if it's the energy and the stress and, you know, the culmination of all your work right there. All the, the backstage is so crowded and so smelly with hairspray and... <laughs> the, those those times were my... Uh... Those were my first, uh, well, not my first time, but uh, my first uh, two, three years of fashion show. Uh, you know, I was still, you know, new. I didn't have a boutique. I was a student. Mm -hmm. I was just uh, doing doing my project <laughs> that I proposed because I uh, I wanted to have my own course. Uh, so so yeah, but I I learned a lot. Um, I, you know, it's uh, it's nice to call it, I would call it like a productive struggle. Yeah. When you struggle, 
That's when you learn. <laughs> yeah. It's relatable. Um, but I think within that, even in a productive struggle, that's how you did some of the most effective learning. Um, it's yeah. learning with intention. Um, and I saw a post on Facebook recently and I shared it. Um, and I forgot how, how wise this was. And it's a, from the magic school bus of all places. Um, how just universal it is. If at first you don't succeed, find out why. Mm. And it's not, and it subverts like that. Um, just try again. It's learn what mistakes you made and then do something different to overcome that. Um, versus just trying again the same way. And I thought for something that is, you know, um, I don't know, almost 25 years old at this point, if I'm getting my dates right, um, that is some of the wisest information I've heard. And I don't know why. Um, but thinking to the things that you've said tonight on the podcast, you are, what are you going to do differently? What? How can you think about this in a different way? What what kind of skill set are you learning? What's your goal with learning art? I think having an educator like you and somebody to look up to with your uh, billboard trophy, I'm calling that a trophy at this point, <laughs> is such, such a joy to have. Um, I am so envious of your students that get to learn from you. Um, so seriously, if you are listening to uh, to Ms. Vogel right now, I'm sure they don't call you Edelweiss, but I'm sure if you're listening to Ms. Vogel right now, I really want you to take in what she's saying, listen to the inspiration that she has for you, and whatever she's telling you, it, it really does mean something. So give her your full attention, uh, learn as much as you can, soak up that beautiful knowledge, and I wish you the best with art. Uh, but to you, Ms. Vogel, uh, I say it has been a pleasure listening to how enthusiastic you talk about art. Um, you are really a one-of-a-kind educator. So I am so happy to get this opportunity to speak with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I really just want to keep that, you know, enthusiasm and fire because I, you know, I talked to some art teachers and they're very exhausted. <laughs> Some of them. And at, I mean, it's not that I'm a new teacher. I mean, I okay, I've, I've been only teaching for three years. I'm actually considered as a begin, you know beginning teacher. After three years, then you're you're passed with your uh, you know beginning BT, what they will call. But I just wanna keep that enthusiasm. You know, I guess as a teaching artist, because I'm I am a teaching artist. I think that's going to keep uh, to keep the uh, the light. So I call it light, or is it fire? <laughs> it's both. We get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we just we just need to make it fun to to the kids. Uh, you know, um, fun learning at the same time. So hopefully, but thank you so much um, for for having me. This is my very first um, podcast. Uh, we will sure be, uh, I will be sharing this um, to uh, my family, friends, um, even sc my school. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, and just to make sure that our listening audience can interact with you and find out where to find your art, um, uh, 
I know we have your website as edelweissvogel.com, uh, but where else can our listening audience interact with you? I do have an Instagram. It's my first name, but I'm actually using my, I think it's my, my maiden name. I really wanted to keep my maiden name because um, with Vogel, I, they might, they might think, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a Filipino, but uh, with my German name, <laughs> my German last name. Um, so I, I wanted to keep that because I people know they know me as Edelweiss de Guzman. Uh, so it's my first name, and then de Guzman Art. That's my IG handle. Yes, it's Edelweiss underscore de underscore Guzman underscore Art. Yes. But you'll if you just type it into the Instagram search, you'll find her. Yeah. Well, um, Edelweiss, I am so excited um, to have you. Thank you for being on. Um, as we close out this episode here, uh, this episode, along with probably every episode forever and ever and ever, is dedicated to Joe Capone, our moderator, fellow comedian, greatly missed friend. Uh, you can find us pretty much wherever you tune into podcasts. For updates, announcements, and more, please follow us on social media under Modern Romantic. Thank you, everybody, and have a hmm, have a beautiful day. And don't forget to um, be. What is what was it? I forgot? It was um, being. It was about what your quote about being great. Oh, you don't have to start. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Perfect. That's from <laughs> it always work. I promise. <laughs> I mean, at least I'm a middle schooler. <laughs> Bye, Thank everybody. You, everyone. Hey, it's Emily, the host and creator of the Modern Romantic Podcast. I just wanted to let you know of something you may not be aware of, and that is we sometimes reference the chat or an audience during our show, and that's because we record via a live stream. So we actually have a live show on Mondays and the occasional Sunday, and you can tune in too and be part of that live audience. It is uh, via chat through our social media network. So when we're streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube, you can join in the chat and we can see it. And so can our guests and we can answer your questions and respond to your comments and see everything. You can be part of that community. We'd love for you to be there. So join us sometime. Head to our website to check out our social media links and when we're streaming live. That is www.themodrom.com.